big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one welcome to you. My name's Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are talking about disappointment. Mm, and um, I think this is a, another one of those really relevant topics that covers our disappointment as parents. It covers little people feeling disappointed. It, it covers teenagers feeling disappointed. We all have disappointment at times in our lives. Like it's, it's a really normal human emotion. And where I find it's quite interesting is often around... Um, when our kids are disappointed and how we respond as parents, because it can feel really uncomfortable for us witnessing, you know, our kids sitting in that disappointment. And, and so often I find the default is to just move into fixing or trying to make them feel not disappointed about whatever's going on and, and how that can often cause more frustration. So let's, let's step back a bit though, Marion, let's take it from a bigger picture because you did a magnificent um, post on this the other day on social media on disappointment. Do you want to share just some of your insights? Well, you know, as you were talking as well, I was thinking it's, it's almost given, is that a phrase short shrift? I don't know what, where that comes from, but disappointment is like, you know, like if you talk about grief or loss or rage, like they, they're given a little bit more space. Disappointment is almost like the, the one that's put in the cupboard. It's not, not very important. Do you have a sense of that disappointment? So, um, yes, because oh, we should get over it. You know, that, that belief of we'll just think positive, move on. Like, you know, yes, it didn't happen. Like get over it. We, we often don't have space to feel it or we, we yes. don't have the tools to feel it or we don't, you know, allow ourselves to feel it because we should just move on. Like we should be positive all the time. And I, that, that really, I find that really challenging. So I'm like, no, God damn it. I want to feel upset. I want to feel <laughs> yes. off around some things. Yes. And disappointment is one of those. So. Yes. Anyway, go back, carry on. <laughs> and I also think it's a bit of a cultural thing as well. It's like, uh, you know, if I think about cultural conditioning, like a bit of like um, judgments around, you know, you shouldn't be disappointed or it's only a little thing or um, spoilt or those kind of old paradigm labels around disappointment. Like, you know, like if you're disappointed, you're a bit like spoiled or something. So anyway, I would love to offer one bigger picture lens. It's not even really so much my cultural lens that I like to give, but more I would like to differentiate out, differentiate eight out. <laughs> um, disappointment, the feeling, which is actually quite an important and uncomfortable feeling when we really welcome in. I almost want to say, hey, disappointment, I'm sorry you've been given such a short shrift in this culture. Come on in, sit down. We welcome you. We would love to hear you. We would love to hear the gifts that you have. So for me, disappointment, the feeling, is actually a really profound and valuable and um, I'm going to say sacred, sacred feeling. And I'd love to share a little bit more about my experience of that later on in the podcast. But one I think is also really important to acknowledge is that often disappointment, the feeling is, is confused with um, a thought or a judgment, which is usually um, has extra words on like, I am disappointed in you, or I am disappointed in myself, or I am disappointed with you or with myself so if it has the in or the with on the end that is quite a different thing that is not 
the feeling of disappointment that we're talking about, this really important feeling, that, that is actually basically a judgment. It's a judgment. Uh, if we're doing it to the other or to ourselves, it's actually a shaming thing to be doing. Um, and so the two different disappointment, the feeling, it's almost like part one of the movie, disappointment, the feeling, <laughs> <laughs> um, asks of us to attend to it in one way and disappointment, the shaming judgment thought, um, asks of us to, to be looking at in a different way. So I'd like to just put those on the table first of all, because I think really understanding and opening up the, um, yeah, I really have a scene like a movie or like, come on, disappointment, part one, the movie. Let's find out all about it in part two. Anyway, you carry on, Mel. I'm going <laughs> funny here. No, I'm gonna, I like that. I'm have a as sip you, of my hot chocolate. Okay, as, as you were talking about that, and I love, you know, when we talk about these things, you know, we have memories or we have our own stories that pop up around that. And as you were just explaining that, particularly the part, the shaming or the judgment part, I had such a flashback once to when I was a teenager, maybe 14 or 15, and I, I lied about staying somewhere and my friend and I went and stayed somewhere else, like, you know, most teenagers do at some point. And um, then my parents found out. And, and the talk I got, I remember, that was just like, we're really disappointed in you. And I remember thinking, oh, my God. God, it was crushing. Like I was almost like I would rather you, you know, take away all my things. Like we didn't have mobile phones back then. I would rather you take away all my things or ground me or do something because the crushing feeling of disappointment from my parents, which of course is that, you know, fundamental basis of that need for attachment and connection and am I enough was so, um, it was huge. It was heavy to carry because I was just like, I have disappointed you, which felt like the worst thing you could do as a child for your parents. And I remember that feeling, feeling so heavy with that, oh my God, they don't approve of me. I'm not enough. I'm not good. All those kind of things. When really I was probably just being a normal 14 or 15 year old kid who was trying to find an edge, you know, and I think, I, I mean, I'm only just remembering this story right now. Sorry to my mum who sometimes listens to these podcasts. <laughs> I mean, she probably was like, oh, I'm sorry, Lael. Um, but it's really, yeah, so I, I, that visceral feeling, which I know a lot of people must feel as well. You know, we, we might get that from a boss. I'm very disappointed in you or from our partners or, and of course we don't even need to hear it from someone else because we can just internalize it ourselves and go into the disappointed that I'm disappointed that I slipped back into an old story or an old pattern that I thought I'd, I'd, you know, changed or, um, I'm disappointed that I behaved in a way when I swore I was never going to yell at my kids or just me again. And then I just did it. Like, you know, we, we don't even need someone else to say it to us. We we're pretty good at, at doing that for ourselves, aren't we? But it's a heavy thing to carry really heavy thing to carry. Yes. And oh, and then I'm excited though, because now you have given me a way in to talk about the cultural paradigm. So thank you. So, much. so really that is the old domination paradigm is, um, the way that's been in place for thousands of years in many cultures around, you know, to, to keep people, especially children doing what you want them to do. Shame is a really powerful way to do that. So the I'm disappointed in you or that I'm disappointed in myself that we then internalize is part of that domination culture language. And what I love about um, aware parenting, the, the approach is that we can actually, um, untangle and unpick that so increasingly instead of going to the I am disappointed in you or I'm disappointed in myself we can actually connect 
to a much deeper sense of what's really going on for us rather than going into that judgment shaming piece. And actually, do you know, what I think it's really helpful, even just as you said, when you're talking about that experience that you had of how the crushing feeling you said, so for, for listeners, perhaps not if you're driving on a busy motorway or highway, but you, you might want to even connect in with how you feel in your body when you connect in with um, saying, I feel, I feel really disappointed. And you might think of something that you were perhaps really looking forward to and you didn't get to go to. And particularly in these pandemic times, there might have been family events that you would have loved to have gone to and you, you feel really disappointed and, and where you feel that in your body and how you feel. And it often has a kind of sense of, it has a kind of loss, grief, sadness kind of uh, tinge to it. And how you feel in your body if you say, I feel disappointed in myself or with myself, and where you feel that in your body. And also, if you want to connect in with, I feel disappointed in or with you, where, where do you feel that? And they're really, really, really different body experiences because one is basically an, an expression of something that we're, we're sad, some quality of sadness, disappointment, grief, loss around. And the other one is a judgment, shaming thing. And we can, but we can actually do something different, exactly as you were saying. We can, when, we, um, when we've done something that we really wish we hadn't and we go and maybe you say to yourself, I'm so disappointed myself that I spoke to my child like that we can actually start to translate that and be compassionate with ourselves and actually maybe even move to more actual disappointment, which is like, oh, I'm really disappointed that I did that when I remembered speaking in that loud voice. I'm really, oh, and then we can feel the grief and the loss. And just like in aware parenting, when we actually listen to a child's feelings, and I know you're going to talk more about actually listening to a child's disappointment, feelings can then be expressed and leave the body and the same with ourselves, if we actually feel out, I actually feel disappointed, or I feel sad, or I'm mourning, or, oh my gosh, I feel shocked when I remember doing that. We're actually feeling what I call flowing feelings, which don't come from thoughts, they come from, from the body and not meeting our needs or values. That can then move, we can move through that, because we're meeting ourselves with compassion, we're meeting our true flowing feelings with compassion. And we might then want to go and repair to the person. We might want to um, think about what we could do next time so that we, those needs will be met. So we're less likely to act in those ways, whatever it is. But that allows movement. Whereas I'm disappointed in myself is just an ongoing shame stick that we can hit ourselves with for the next three and a half thousand years. And it won't necessarily actually change anything about our behavior, which is, again, the basis of aware parenting. We can talk more as well about what we can do when we're a parent, when we're saying that thing, but I would love to hear where you want to go mm. with that, Vale. I love that. I just, uh, I love how you explain that so beautifully. And I'm, I'm thinking about, um, and, and this is funny because we've just been talking a lot today about aware parenting and, and, and couples, like being a couple and how it's so the same, how we respond to um, our partners is often related to how we respond to our kids as well. And Lael. Why is it that we've been talking a lot about couples and aware parenting? Pray oh, tell. I have a wonderful aware parenting for couples course, which which kind of takes into the whole parent, you know, how we are turning up for our kids and then how we're turning up in partnership. So thank you, Marion, for that little plug. Um, but we were talking I did about it very but, subtly, don't you think? Well done, yes. 
Um, I think the thing is that I see a lot in, in couples I work with is that the disappointment in our partners for not parenting in the way we want them to, or for resorting back into old behaviors that perhaps haven't done. And the judgment that comes up, it's really ultimately judgment. Like we're, we're, I'm so disappointed they've done that. And I think really it is, it's a judgment of they should be somewhere else than where they are. And which is often how we respond to our kids. You should be here. You should be feeling good about this or you should be over it. And if you're not, then that's going to push my buttons and, um, you know, I go into the judgment, you know, so I think that's really interesting. I, I like to reframe it for couples that when we are sitting in that disappointment that my partner is perhaps behaving in this way, whether they're retreating, whether they're yelling, whether whatever they're doing, it's really helpful to remember okay, they're not doing that because they want to. They're doing that because on some level, they that's their default. That's their protection. They're going there because um, they can't help it. It's like us. We don't want to yell, but if we're yelling, it's not because we're like, I'm going to choose to yell in this moment. We would always choose the connection and the calmness if we could, but often we can't because of our own story that's sitting there. So it's really interesting. I think it, it's, you know, it crosses so many paradigms, this disappointment element. And I see it a lot in, couples and relationships as well of I want them to be somewhere else you know they should be at this point on the spectrum of enlightenment and they're not and therefore um, you know I'm disappointed that they haven't done the work or that they aren't willing to do the work or whatever it looks like and I think again it comes back to that same beautiful piece you talk about which is the compassion to look at them like actually they're doing the best job they can in this moment and if I meet them with more judgment and more disappointment, that's going to not move them up the scale. <laughs> that's actually going to, you know, make the wall be even bigger. It's going to send them more into defense and protection. Whereas if I met them with compassion and understanding, and then that is what helps the safety for the stories to shift. And that applies to our partners. It applies to ourselves and it applies to our beautiful children as well. When we're sitting in those spaces of watching them, you know, navigate life and, and the ups and downs of it is that compassion piece, which we're parenting speaks so beautifully too, of meeting them where they're at to say, yeah, I can see that this feels hard and that they are exactly where they are you know, and that is often our expectations that they should be somewhere else. So that's a really, it's, it's, it's a big thing to wrestle with. And, you know, we are programmed so beautifully to move into judgment and to move into expectations. And instead of being able to sit in a place of compassion, and like we always talk about, the more compassion we have for ourselves, the more we work on that, the greater our capacity is for everyone else as well. Yes. And I, I was even thinking about couples if we're not able to move into compassion I mean so often which I know your course will be all about <laughs> Lael, um, it's also knowing of course in couples that often our own um, younger parts show up our partner might remind us of that same gender parent and what they did or didn't do and what we would have loved them to do or how they we would love them to have been towards us as children so when we see them perhaps doing something towards our child that's not what the younger parts was also wanted from our parents. I know that's a bit of a long way of saying it, but you know, that can often show up as well. So again, if we move be below the judgment to actually, what am I really feeling here? And what am I really needing? What am I needing? Or what am I telling myself? Or what am I, what's showing up from my own childhood? Then we can actually support, um, support ourselves to actually stay connected with ourselves. Cause if we go into judgment, we're in our mind, 
doesn't we've disconnected from ourselves actually even before we've disconnected from them so if we connect in so whenever you notice yourself saying i am disappointed in you or i'm disappointed with you my invitation would be to go, to drop below the judgment what's really actually going on for you in in your in your body what are you telling yourself what are you needing what is this reminding you of those beautiful three aware parenting questions that aletha outlined so beautifully so that we actually can see what's really going on and that from there you know all kinds of wonderfulness can happen can't it but judgment mm. judgment just leads mm. to more judgment more disconnection more reaction more unenjoyable horribleness <laughs> mm. so and you know we the the being right thing is such a big thing in our culture too i'm right and you're wrong and particularly we see that in relationships with couples you know we see that with our kids as well that we move into the i'm right and um you know holding that because it gives us you know it helps us stay in this space of well i don't need to look at my stuff because i'm right and you're wrong and you need to improve and all those kind of really uncomfortable dynamics that can play out and you know and for me to disappointment as a mother in the sense of watching my kids feel disappointed was always something that felt really hard you know and particularly i guess before I had, you know, I guess aware parenting awareness um, when my children were younger. Whenever my kids were upset or disappointed, I just had, I worked so hard to make them feel better. Oh my God. I was like, if I could have created a circus in the lounge room to make them smile again, I would have, right? I was so uncomfortable with their disappointment, with their upset, that I just worked so hard to try and keep them happy, which, you know, of course, when you reflect back, go, is not what they needed at the time. And I did a great job of trying to distract them out of that feeling because I felt so deeply uncomfortable with witnessing in that, witnessing them in that. And I think one of the you know best tools, and, and we've, we talk about this often, and one of the greatest things I've learned to develop as a parent is the art of listening and that when my children are disappointed or they're upset then my job in that moment is to sit there and just listen and allow all the disappointment to come tumbling out because as you said so beautifully particularly those disappointments around it that feels like a grief or a loss or it's not what I wanted it to be or I missed out on getting into the team or you know my friends don't want to play with me or whatever it is is to sit in that space and hold it with loving compassion and say yes that feels so hard tell me more what else like just being in that space to allow them to offload all those big feelings there because again as you said so beautifully when we feel heard with that when we can feel it when we give it permission to be there then it is allowed to transform and move and we don't have to stay stuck in it and i've seen this many times with clients perhaps you have two marion that parents will say my kids just won't stop complaining about this certain thing and they go on and on about it and and keep going on and on and on and and often my suggestion would be they're probably going on about it because they don't feel heard <laughs> yet and you know what's your response when when they're saying it and so often our default response is to jump into the fix yes but but you can have another one you know next week or you know yes but i'm sure you know you could go and play with charlie instead or you know yes well you know there's always that team or whatever we move into the fix we move into perhaps walls hopefully they don't move into you know why it, you know there's reason for them to be disappointed because they didn't do well enough i'm hoping that doesn't happen but you know i have heard of things like that yes um you know we we 
are often in the fixing, justifying, I don't really want you to feel this. So I'm going to try and speak a lot to make myself feel better. If I feel like I'm fixing it in some way, then I will feel all right with it. Um, I mean, that was me. I, I just, I have so much love for the younger mother version of myself. Instead of being able to sit in the uncomfortable and say, yeah, that feels hard. And, you know, this is often what we invite parents to do when we're listening to tears and raging and tantrum, that kind of stuff, just sit in that uncomfortable space um, of all those big feelings. And definitely disappointment is another one where we can feel like we need to fix straight away, which is often our need for it to be okay. And, and like we often say with the way parenting, when you're disappointed and you're feeling that, what would you want from somebody sitting with you? What is the energy you would like to be held in? What is the words you would like to be, or you'd like to receive from that person? What is it that you would want in those moments? And I say, most people say the same thing. They want just this loving safety and compassion and just like, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. What else? All those beautiful things that we'd often love to hear, which allows us and gives us permission to feel it so we can let it go. And I think children are just the most magnificent teachers at calling us into this place to sit in that disappointment with them. And of course, it can bring up all our own stories. We can, you know, if our son didn't get picked for the soccer team, you know, and all of a sudden he's really disappointed and upset. I mean, I've shared this story before. I went into a little bit of rage when that happened with my son years ago because I was right back in my dance club where I didn't get picked in a team. And, you know, little nine-year-old me was just so devastated. And, um, well, she was here uh, helping me parent my son. <laughs> Very <laughs> helpful. Moment, yes. <laughs> And I just went into anger and that club and, you know, da, 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 which was definitely not helpful for my son in the time, but she was there. So I had to just feel all that and then acknowledge it and own it and transform it and go back to my son and say, Hey, can we do that all over again? Because I got really tapped into my own story and um, how's that feel for you? And so I think they are, you know, beautiful invitations from our children often to just sit and listen. And and what I have found over these years of listening to my kids' disappointments, because, you know, there's been many things that have gone on in their, their years, is that when you sit and listen and you hold that space with compassion and empathy, when they're allowed to feel the full spectrum of the feelings, they'll often come to a point within themselves at the end where they've reached that natural state where they're like, okay, I can move on now. Or yeah, I'm still a bit sad, but it's going to be okay. Or, you know, they find the natural state within to move forward. Whereas I think when we move into the fix or the, all that kind of stuff, we're trying to put this energy of just be positive. It'll be fine and throw all that stuff at them. And they haven't had the opportunity to feel it all yet. And so then it still lingers. It's still there. Love that now. I thought you expressed that so beautifully. Sink, letting it all sink in. Do you know what I'm also thinking as well? As we've got, we're recording this at the end of October. If you're in a part of the world where you celebrate um, Halloween, even if you're in like the southern hemisphere where it's spring and you're into decolonizing like me, anyway, you can tell I'm going to tell a little story or the Day of the Dead or whatever it is. Or, and Christmas coming up, it also, if you celebrate uh, gift giving at that time of the year. Um, that can often be a time of, of big disappointment. And I think we can often, and again, working with parents over the years, I've heard that often can be a bit of a sweet spot for parents who might go into, again, judgments or, or concerns, like particularly if you deeply care about the environment and you're worried, is your child just going to want to, 
you know, consume loads of stuff or the fears that might come up again, the judgments, are they going to be just like selfish and entitled and all of this, all these kinds of thoughts and fears that can come up and actually, or, you know, that we might want to say, no, they might want three um, massive plastic Lego, I don't know, starships, whatever those big ones are. And we might have a no to whatever it is. And to know that we can, this is part of setting loving limits. We might say no, or they might come back and, if there's trick or treating in your part of the world this year, feeling disappointed because they got stuff they didn't enjoy. And again, actually just hearing that or, or setting a limit, we might say, no, I'm not willing to buy you the three ships. Um, I, and tell me what you love about them. And I hear you really disappointed. You would really love all three of them. I so hear you. I really hear you. So we can say no to stuff and also still hear why, why they love that and again i think that's such a helpful thing to remember that um yeah that doesn't mean saying yes to everything <laughs> and we can still say, speak our nose clearly and we can really just hear the disappointment that they have around not necessarily always having all the things that they want so i think it's just such a beautiful thing to remember and the other thing is often it can be like a doorway in for other feelings so there might be a, a relatively small disappointment around something happening at Christmas, for example, when there is often you know, big feelings happening in general, and they might have some feelings around a gift or something that happened in, in the day. And if we have capacity to listen lovingly, and I, I hear how disappointed you are, sweetheart, you really wanted that thing. And you got a pair of socks. You really don't like the socks. I so hear you. Oh my gosh, tell me more. You really hate them. You really wanted the X, Y, and Z. And it may they may have a big cry about that it may not be very much to do with the socks or whatever the thing was it may be a whole lot of other feelings that they're needing to express those kind of quality of feelings the the griefy lossy disappointy type of feelings that just need to flow out so again whenever we can catch ourselves going into judgments of them or ourselves or fearful thoughts about the future and actually come back to how would it be as you express so beautifully to simply listen to the disappointment and hold that, you know, keep with the loving limit if necessary and just hear them and keep hearing them and keep hearing them and keep hearing them and love ourselves. If anything shows up in us while we're doing that. And as you say that the freedom of just getting to release all that stuff, imagine how you would feel. Do you feel listeners, dear listeners, is there anything that you feel disappointed in relation to the moment? Can you imagine I don't know, coming and sitting with us and we'll just sit and listen to you for the next hour and you can... You can tell us all the things that you're really disappointed about. How interesting my microphone went then. Um, and we'll, hear, we'll just sit here and listen and we'll just nod our heads and we'll just say we really hear you and we love you and we hear and just tell us all about it. And can you imagine getting to just offload for like an hour with people who totally loved you in expressing all those feelings for years? You could tell us your whole life story, all the things <laughs> that you're disappointed in relation to. Can you imagine how relieved you'd feel leaving that room? I mean, it's such a powerful thing just to lovingly listen. It's really... so easy. <laughs> oh, I love how you explain that. It's so beautiful. And I'm thinking about, as you talked about that, that um, we can have such a strong, in, in the words I use, imprint around disappointment that we just expect that we're going to be disappointed. Because as you're talking uh, and you, you brought up Christmas and um, those kind of things, I remember just having 
as a child, just feeling disappointed every Christmas because I never really got what I wanted. Mm. And I maybe didn't even probably know what I wanted, but I remember just feeling disappointed. And for years, I also had lots of disappointment around birthdays. So I just felt like it never really was the way I wanted to. I had a really strong story of that's just what happens until I kind of looked at, oh, where does that story come from? And, and you know, there was a really strong, I think, when we grew up, um, you know, you should be grateful for what you've got, you know, so you're not allowed to be disappointed if you got the watch that you didn't want, really, at least you've got a watch, you know, some children have nothing like that was kind of the, the, the words that we used. And, and, you know, I think that that can create those kind of imprints and stories as well to say, well, that's what I expect. That's what I know to be true. I'm always going to be disappointed. People are going to let me down. People can't support me in the way that I want. People won't give me what I need, all those kind of things that can, I had a really strong story of that for a long time of, of being disappointed, particularly around events, you know, particularly around Christmas or birthdays, all those celebrations that it was never quite what I felt like it should be until I kind of looked at, well, where does that story come from? And um, what do I want it to look like now? Like what would feel good? Well, what would feel good is that I have beautiful celebrations and that it feels wonderful and, and perhaps, you know, whatever else that looks like, you know, for, for a long time there, I think when my kids were little at Christmas, you know, and maybe a lot of other mothers relate to this, you know, I used to buy the presents for everybody in the family, the kids and all that kind of stuff. And then felt like no one made any effort for me whatsoever and just feeling waiting for that disappointment feeling because I was just like you know I do all this for everybody you know and there was so many themes in that which were for myself (laughs) which were all about being quite the martyr and you know it just played beautifully into my disappointment story until I went actually I don't want to feel that anymore and that's just a I just keep looking for evidence that that's true and that's that's not what it's about at all and um and shifting that was a big change in actually going no I'm I'm really willing willing to have you know the joy and the and the acknowledgement and the appreciation of whatever it is that I was looking for that I actually opened up a doorway for that to exist and then it started to to happen so you know there's so many beautiful layers disappointment is like just an umbrella with lots of things hanging underneath it that we get to look at and go where does it lead to as you say there's deeper stories often in there so it's such a beautiful opportunity to feel like that do you want to tell the story about what you felt around when you were little Mm. i do and i actually want to say i want to have the sense of disappointment sitting in here with us going oh my gosh thank goodness i'm finally being acknowledged for the beautiful thing that i am and we're here going yes i know you're lovely we love you Mm -hmm. um I am to share I had a similar thing around birthdays and Christmas, and then I'm going to share my story. Um, also, Mother's Day for years. Mm. Oh my gosh, disappointment every year. So yes. I actually worked out it was up to me to get clear around what I really wanted and yes. all, all those three things, what I really yes. wanted and my willingness to, to have yep. them. And I did. And now I love like my Mother's Day and my birthday come really close. And yeah. I just love them because I, yeah. I'm willing to have them how exactly yes. how I want them to be. And yes. to give me present time all day on those two days. They're my best days of the year. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I am um, a few years ago, I had a, I, it's where I really had like, um, it's where I got to really make friends with disappointment and really understand the profundity of it. And that's why I really like having a sense of disappointment sitting here with us because I'm so grateful to, to it. And it started off actually being around um, um, a money thing, actually. So I'd done a, I did a course around money years ago. And, and then after I did the course, all these things happened, apparently external things. 
um, that I was really looking forward to it, like a trip away. And it was, and I was so disappointed and like some really major things. And it really helped me to dive deep into actually, okay, I'm going to really be with disappointment in a way I've never, ever let myself um, do because I, although it's related to grief and loss, it has its own particular flavor and quality. And I hadn't really honored that. And I really sat with it and I let myself have some really big cries and feel the depth of the disappointment. And actually what I traced it back to, and I've almost a bit tearful, is actually little baby me. So you might have heard my story um, around um, being coming into the world and being very premature and being in an incubator for five weeks. And what I really um, connected with is the crushing and I'm using your word crushing disappointment of actually coming into the world with this expectation as we all have as humans to be held in loving warm arms and actually coming into you know a, a plastic box basically and the depth of the disappointment and I've done you know I'd already done years and years of the grief and the loss and the terror and the outrage but I hadn't ever really sat with that quality of disappointment and how it really had showed up as quite a theme in my life particularly around things like holidays which kind of matched like going to somewhere new hey let's go into the world and be born and oh gosh I'm crushing it's a terrible disappointment so it's not like it's not like a little light thing it's like my basic core needs not being met and I was so incredibly disappointed so I think there's something there around now, when re when really important needs are not met, we can feel incredibly disappointed. And I can almost feel like not giving it the the depth that it had at the time. But it really helped me go, oh my gosh, disappointment! I've been I've been really have been giving you the short shrift. You are profound and deep, and I I really hold a space for you at my table. And thank you for being here. And I'm going to listen to you as much as I can, so that I don't keep um, inviting more disappointing external situations in my life so that I can actually feel the original first one so that was my story where I really went oh, okay disappointment it isn't a little light thing it's a really big thing mm, I love how you explain that of bringing it to your table taking a seat let's let's really hear you yes and and I'm sure many people relate to your story there, Marion, of, you know, that, that first, those first imprints we have on many levels around that connection, attachment, are we enough, what we have to do to survive in those moments are so big. And some people spend a lot of their life just, you know, them playing out again and again and again. I think that's why we always so passionate about doing the work and looking at the origins of where these these stories and these belief systems come from and how we can transform them. And you are such a beautiful example of how you can transform it, you know, of what you bring in, in your world and what you've created. It's totally possible, isn't it? For the healing. So possible. So possible. Mm -hmm. I love what you said there. So lovely. Something as well around, um, because it is so common in our culture, isn't it? Even you might not have been in an incubator, but you might have been taken away from your mother straight after being born. Or, you know, there's a lot of separation that happens around birth still and something about really honouring our core needs and really being willing to get our needs met. And actually, that's what I was thinking. It can often, I think, lead to sometimes depression. Like we give up on getting our needs met. Like if every Christmas and every birthday is... We feel disappointed and nobody gives us what we really want. Nobody acknowledges us. We can end up just giving up on our needs. And then when we have a, I can't get my needs met, then we go into depression. And, and it's not the only cause, of course, but, you know, it's, 
such a gift to 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 um honor the disappointment so that we can then open up exactly as you said when we can feel it or we can be with someone who can sit with us in it and express it and let it out then actually then we have space to open up to what do I want I am willing to get my needs but I am willing to receive what I really want that is tingle making Mm, so beautiful and I think I love how you explain all that I, I come back again to as parents with our children you know if to, to perhaps play with or an invitation to really go, okay, next time your child's launching into why it's not fair, their sister gets more than them or, you know, their disappointment around something happening at school or whatever's going on in their world to just move into a place of, of compassion and everything. Just listen, just listen, barely say anything. Just like, yes, keep going or thank you. And what else or whatever it is. And then even at the end, resist the urge, <laughs> to say do you know what but you know next week you know this will can happen or just like please resist the urge to then round it off with your take what happens (laughs) because oh my god my daughters are teaching me so much this they just be like don't give me you know the spiritual psychological lesson in why this has happened to me because i used to do that all the time i'd listen and then i'd go you know this can teach us all about blah 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 and then just be sitting there like you've just ruined it mum, because you <laughs> so well and then you've just come in with your little you know counselor piece uh so yeah say nothing and just listen and thank them thank you for sharing with me and that's it because if they want advice, they will ask mm-hmm. you, right? If they will say, can you please help me? Then, then there's an invitation there to help. But short of that, zip, nothing, you know, just be there, be there with loving, compassion and empathy. And even not just for your kids, for your partner, for your friends, for anyone that comes to you and says, hey, can you listen to me? These are such beautiful skills to develop, to, to just hold that space and, and be there. And so someone feels deeply heard so that it can move. So it sounds so simple, but it's not as hard. <laughs> it's just really hard because, you know, we all got, we've all got really good advice. <laughs> so I think we've all got good things to say. But, yeah, it's, it's an art, definitely. So I hope that helps just as a, as a baseline to go, okay, next time disappointment turns up in your family or in your world, what can you do in holding that for your children? And then, you know, I love the suggestions you've made, Marion, of what can you do for yourself? Whether that is reaching out to someone and say, can you listen to me for 10 minutes? while I just express all the things that feel shit or, you know, can you, can you, um, you know, can you just be so compassionate with yourself and just feel the feelings of that, you know, the, the grief or loss, whatever's coming up for you in those moments. You know, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity just to, yeah, to dance with it, to welcome it, to dance with it. Mm. Yes. Mm. So do you have anything you would like to offer, you know, just as an invitation? I do. And it's really going on from what you said, which is um, a little also suggestion that I find helpful, which is a phrase, if you don't quite know what to say and you want to say something, you know, my favorite phrase is to, I hear you and I'm here with you. And if you've got stuff coming up for yourself at the same time while you're listening to them, because you might have an internal dialogue going, why are they making such a big deal out of nothing? Or gosh, I, you know, they are going to just end up wanting all the plastic in the world. Is that we can also have, if you've got any connection with your inner loving presences, which is my work, or I don't know, Earth Mother also saying the same to you. I hear you and I'm here with you. So you have a sense of being 
lovingly listened to while you are doing the loving listening. And my sense is when we really give space for disappointment that allows it to kind of soak back into the earth, the grief gets soaked back into the earth. So actually we can be happier and we don't need to think positive because we're happy. We just feel more relaxed in our bodies anyway. Mm, I love that. And I would something. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, there's some beautiful suggestions here, but also I would say, you know, cause I love looking at this of just what was our imprints around, you know, disappointment. Are your parents very disappointed people? You know, did that, was that a really common theme in your family where they were disappointed in you or just disappointed in life? Or do you feel like they're quite pessimistic or, you know, was that something that you witnessed and watched just how to be in the world? Or was that just something that was part of, you know, your upbringing in some way and, and how would you like it to look instead? How could that look different? You know, what is it that you would, you would need to hear as we've talked about all those feelings around disappointment and what you might want it to look like. So that, that would be my invitation to, to lean back into that a little bit and say, Hmm. Oh, this is a good podcast. This is enjoyable. Who knew talking about disappointment was so enjoyable? <laughs> <laughs> I loved hearing you talk about disappointment mm. too. <laughs> uh, do you, do you want to share anything about your offerings? Have you got some uh, offerings that you would like to share about? <laughs> We're joking about this. Uh, yes, you can. Uh, if you would like some support around aware parenting as a couple, I have a new aware parenting for couples course, which I've just launched, which is really beautiful. You get to go through all the beautiful foundation aspects of aware parenting and then look at your own, you know, stories and upbringings as a couple and how you relate to each other and to your children and a whole lot of other good juice. So, yes, if you're looking for some extra support as a family, then um, yes, I have a new course. You can find it on my website what about you marion what have you got uh you know i think i'll go for this is not aware parenting but since i mentioned the inner loving presences i have in my inner loving presence process course which is all about um developing our inner loving presences so that's mm. on my website mm, beautiful thank you everybody for being here thank you for your your beautiful reviews um we're going to have another question and answer come up sometime soon so you know in the meantime if you do have something that's really burning you're always welcome to send us a a message on facebook or instagram around a question you'd like answered because we will be doing more q a's as we as we progress so thank you all for being here Mm, thank you and so much love to you Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.